Um, I have Adam Schefter from ESPN on the line. He heard a rumor. Oh, great. Tell Schefter to stick his rumor up. Sunny. Adam Schefter joins us now, courtesy of Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. And, and Adam, I would, I, I would trust that there's still enough Denver in you from all your time spent here that you could somehow go to the powers that be around ESPN and, and, and make them give Nikola Jokic a little bit more respect, okay? Well, first of all, let, let me say this. That is, that, is enti- that is entirely inaccurate. Nikola Jokic is absolutely the number one NBA player. And it's not close. Like, he is the number one guy, and to have it any other way is simply wrong. And Jokic deserves the number one ranking. And uh, I apologize on behalf of ESPN that it's not him. (laughs) Oh, all right. right. I'll take that. I will take that. Adam Schefter just apologized on behalf of all of ESPN. That's great. Now we can move on. Uh, Adam, uh, what what do you hear? By the way, I have one other NBA point I want to make while I'm at it, because I love talking about the NBA. I think Giannis throughout the offseason, has tried to deliver multiple messages about how he's open to leaving Milwaukee. And I can't believe that that's not a bigger storyline. I know they went out after that and traded for Dame, and maybe that placated him, and he feels better about staying. But there were a couple of occasions this offseason where ESPN's top-ranked player in the world uh, openly came out and said, hey, you know, we'll see what happens here in the future, or whatever it was that he said. But he left it open-ended. And all I could tell you was if Patrick Mahomes were talking like that, I'd be talking about that every day, every day, right? Like, that's a big deal that Giannis hasn't publicly committed to Milwaukee in the long term, to me. Yeah, that is that that is big, especially as much uh, you know as good as that guy is, and and as uh, prominent a player as he is in Milwaukee. But listen, we want to get back to uh, yeah. Denver. We want to get back to the Broncos a little bit here. And um, I know you're burning up the uh, the text line and the phone line with GMs across the uh, league. So I know deadlines spur actions, but are you hearing anything in regards to the Broncos and the possibility of moving players? Well. What's going to happen here, Stink, is obviously we have a couple more weeks left. The deadline is Halloween, Tuesday, October 31st. We are 12 days away, I believe. Is that accurate? 12 days? Mm-hmm. And so typically when you get, you know, this late in the week, unless it's a buy team, you know, trade talks kind of die down a little bit. Teams are talking, but they're not planning something. I know yesterday the Jets traded Hardman to the Chiefs, but the Jets are on a buy. Hardman's played there, so you could do that deal on a Wednesday. It's not as big a deal. Um, and let's not say a trade can't get done on a Thursday or Friday. It could, absolutely, but it's just unusual. It would be unusual. And so those trade talks commence and resume on usually uh, Sunday night, Monday, uh, into Tuesday. And if there's a trade, it's usually on a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, and we'll see whether or not it heats up. I would say from Denver's perspective, if I'm the Broncos, I believe they will listen on just about anybody. Just about anybody. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to move anybody, but you're all ears. And if there's a team out there that's willing to make any type of fair offer, fair offer on a guy, again, I want to emphasize, they're not looking to just get rid of guys. They're looking to get fair value for guys. If they can get fair values, if they can stockpile and replenish their draft pick crop and come out of the 2024 draft with as many picks as possible, I don't care who you trade. Everybody's fair game. You want to bring up Patrick Sutton? No, he's, he may be the best player on the team, probably the best player on the team. Not trading him, but if there's a team out there that goes ahead and gives me the Jalen Ramsey package, two ones, I'd have to think about that. 
I have to think about that. That's me. So, to me, anybody is fair game as long as somebody's offering fair value. If you're calling me and saying, hey, I want uh, Patrick Sertan, I'll, I'll, I'll swap, you know, third-round picks in 24 and throw No, come on. Don't, don't, don't come to me with that garbage. Right? But real offers for players, anybody I'd listen on. Adam Schefter joining us, and Adam Shannon Sharp now with with ESPN, and he came out the other day and said that Sean Payton's offense is, uh, quote, outdated. Uh, We hear that a lot, whether it be Payton, Bill Belichick's ways are now outdated, Mike McCarthy's offense is too conservative, Uh, Mike Tomlin's ways have gotten uh, stale. Meanwhile, you know, Mike McDaniel is cutting edge, and of course you got Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. You've covered this league for a long time. What do you make of the idea? Has has offense gotten to the point where it truly is a new age, or do the old ways still work just as well? I think both. I think it evolves over time. I think that there are people using what work when stink plays, and they modernize it and put their own twist and flavor on it. That's the way that I view it. And it's interesting um, with... Sean Payton, the accusations from Shannon that his offense is outdated. I I think what I would say to that is uh, it's evolving and it's growing. Uh, And, and so, you know, to me, if they had won those first two games as they should have, as they should have and didn't right. Again, we could do this with most teams and most games and they are what their record says there, which is terrible. And they haven't played well, and the defense has been awful. But I said to you last week, if they win those first two games and go to Miami 2-0, I I think the whole season has a different feel. And I wonder if anybody would say, okay, well, his offense isn't modern enough. You know, it's evolving. It's growing. He's working with what they have. The offensive line is a little limited, right? The wide receivers haven't made plays. The, The running game's still getting on track. Like, there's a lot of things. So it may be outdated, but I also would argue that it's, a little shorthanded. So is it more shorthanded or is it more outdated? I don't know. Adam, I'm just going to warn you. Be careful about uh, criticizing our wide receivers because the next thing you know, you're going to be, you're going to be an old head and people are going to be on your ass. Uh, and I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help me. This is a brother helping you out. Yeah. I'm just trying to help you out. We don't want you ending up well, on Jerry Judy's list. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I criticize the receivers. I certainly was not in the category of you. I, I have respect for what those guys do and who they are. I have not said anything negative. I don't want anybody dancing behind my live shots. You know, we're not doing that, okay? <laughs> well, don't worry. They won't be on Monday Night Football. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't get Monday Night games. Uh, anyhow, hey, what, what do you think the – what do you think as you sit here right now, what do you think – the the end game is for Sean Payton. You know, it's been brought up here that Sean Payton, you know, is doing this thing. Is does he have the stomach for it? I've argued that. Hey, man, he wants to win. He wants to be the only coach ever to win. You know, a championship with two different a, a Super Bowl with two different organizations. Uh, you've dealt with Sean. You've talked to Sean. What do you think his overall like? What do you think his overall kind of uh, response is and, and his overall kind of commitment is uh, to coaching long term? 
Well, I think his his goal is to win, like you said. I, I think that that would be incredibly important to him to be able to turn this around. That's what he came to Denver to do. He came there to win, and I think if he were being honest, he probably would be surprised it's gone the way it has right now. But it just creates a bigger challenge, and it takes some time for him to implement implement his program, install his culture, his offense, surround himself with his players um, that I think probably has moved slower than he thought it would. And that probably has surprised him because I know that he thinks he's a great coach. Everybody thinks he's a great coach and he's been unable to turn it around so far. I think that you heard his comments this summer. He'd be surprised and disappointed. Uh, I don't know if that's his exact words, but he'd be surprised and disappointed if they didn't go to the playoffs. Well, they're not going to go to the playoffs. So he's surprised and disappointed, right? We could extrapolate and draw that out and make that conclusion. And so I think he's surprised and disappointed that he has not been able to get the results that he wanted right away, that the team is where it's at today, that there's more work to do than he probably imagined. But I don't think that dampens his determination uh, to bring a winner to Denver and to get it turned around. Busy with uh, Adam Schefter. A uh, couple of quick NFL overall related uh, items. I'm I'm curious about this Deshaun Watson situation in in Cleveland. Correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't the team cleared him to play as of a couple of weeks ago? And and this is his decision to to not play. Well, that's where the issue and the confusion comes from because the team came out and said, yeah. He's medically cleared to go, but they didn't have the rest of the statement. And Kevin Stefanski said that, and I think he regrets saying that because it wasn't necessarily presented the way that he intended or with the full context of his answer. It was like, yes, the doctors feel like he can play, so medically he's cleared, but he's unable to throw the football the way he wants and needs. He can't drive the ball. So if he can't drive the ball uh, and he can't be effective, then he can't play. So it doesn't matter if the doctors feel like, okay, Functionally, structurally, everything's okay. There's no tears there. There's no injury that requires surgery, medically speaking. But players know their bodies. Just ask Stink. You know when you can play and when you can't play. And Stink played 99.999% of the time. But there are times you can't play. And as a quarterback, you need to be able to throw the football. If you can't throw it beyond five years, you can't play even if you're medically clear to play. So I think that sentence has, you know, done a disservice to Deshaun Watson, and it's kind of created this question out there that you're asking me that other people have asked. You know, whoa, whoa, why can't he play? He's clear. He can't throw the football right now, so he can't play. All right, Adam, go talk to your NBA people, okay? Yeah, you know. By the way, I did have my, I did have my uh, NBA fantasy war room draft in the ESPN basketball league last night where. Not to brag, I have won three of the last four championships mm-hmm. and was in the final of the one year I didn't win it. But I did take I did take last night with the thirty fourth overall pick, Jamal Murray. Do we we feel really good about him this year, right? Oh, very oh, good. Yeah. Very yeah, good. Very good. You won Okay, good. So you won three of the last four. You know what that makes you? Dynasty. Dynasty. And by the way, fourteen team league. 
We got the NBA editor of ESPN, maybe the same guy who put Giannis number one over Jokic. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> right. That tells you something and about he's your competition. The football center, you know, beat him every year in yeah. basketball. So there we go. Where did Jokic go in your draft? Number one. All right. All right. Number one. Go. Who had that yeah. pick, do you know, so we can give that person uh, their their flowers? Daniel Dopp, the uh, secret squirrel on ESPN who does uh, works on my podcast, the Adam Schefter podcast with me on uh, that runs on all week long, but on Tuesdays we tape it, and uh, he had the number one pick. He took Jokic. I had the ninth overall pick. I had the ninth, 20th, 34th, 51st, and 64th selections, and my picks in order were, and I have this all memorized, Anthony Edwards, Mikhail Bridges from the Nets, Jamal Murray, Chet Holmgren at 51. Oof. Walker Kessler from the Utah Jazz. Okay. And then came back into Terry Rozier at 79. Scary Terry. Nice job. All right, Adam. Nice good luck. luck as you uh, make it. try to make it four out of five. Well, let, let's let, tell Jamal when you see him, meet him big time. We're expecting a big season, and uh, we are all aboard the Jamal Murray bandwagon. Okay. All right. I'm sure Jamal's going to be on pins and needles after that information. <laughs> hey, he wants to make a. He wants to be an all star this year. That's a. He should. That's a, be he should. All-star. He should be. But uh, right. I think I'm he'll be you. motivated for that this year. So I think he'll do all right with uh, Jamal Murray during the regular season. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Adam Schefter, our ESPN NFL insider, joining us courtesy of Twin Peaks Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views.